It is Way of the Warrior, Eric Hulkerin, along with Ken Evans, covering everything in the world of mixed martial arts. We have a new goat um, and somebody <laughs> to supplant Conor McGregor as the greatest of all time. I assume we're talking about the Tuesday Night Contender Series. We are talking about the Tuesday Night Contender Series. <laughs> Daniel Cormier did it, Eric. You know, we when we talked last week, I think we both wanted him to win you were a little bit more hot on him than I was because I thought Stipe would have more to offer but as people have been reaching out to me and I'm assuming you all week uh when you go back to no I'm very unapproachable that's your part of the show when you go back to strike force and you see him as an alternate in the heavyweight grand prix when he throws Josh Barnett over his head it's really hard to believe anybody's size Mm -hmm. is going to be an issue right Right. It's, it's going to be their skill set. The thing that John Jones had was a skill set that Daniel Cormier couldn't turn the lights out on. Mm-hmm. That was not the case on Saturday night when he turned the lights out on Stipe um, in a remarkable fashion. And I will say this. I wanted DC to win. I didn't realize how bad I wanted him to win when the entire bar is screaming up and down and cheering because this was finally his moment. Well, it's interesting, too. I mean, let's just go year to year for DC and think about the story that's happened, what's gone down with him. He he fought uh, John Jones a year ago in a fight that ended up be, being declared a no contest uh, after trying to fight John Jones a year before that. And John Jones tested dirty, and then he couldn't get the John Jones fight. So then he was the champion, and then uh, he fought against John Jones. John beat him for the championship, which ended up going back to Daniel Cormier. And Daniel did that terrible interview with Joe Rogan after that fight with John Jones. He was concussed. He was obviously very emotional and didn't know what he wanted to even do with his life at that point. I mean, I think we all thought that night, before we knew everything about John Jones, DC's going to retire. You know, he just couldn't beat that guy. He couldn't get over the hump. Uh, what could have been for Daniel Cormier if sure. if his buddy, uh, it was Cain Velasquez who's in his camp, right? Yep. If his buddy wasn't heavyweight, what if he could have been just fighting it? Because remember, a lot of people don't realize the reason he fought it light heavy is he didn't want to get in the mix with Kane up there at the top. They had made a pact. They were. Right. It wasn't that they didn't want, they were not going to fight. That's what I mean. They yeah. didn't want to get into a mix with each other in the top of that division. And, you know, obviously we haven't seen Kane fight consistently in about five years. And walking's hard. Whatever's going on there, <laughs> we haven't seen him fight consistently. Right. Uh, we saw a pretty cool year from Daniel Cormier where he was kind of able to solidify himself as that light heavyweight champion, uh, get a little bit out from underneath that shadow of that KO from John Jones, who was dirty in that fight. I mean, and it doesn't help when John Jones keeps going to all these USADA hearings or, or, or sanctioning body hearings and just going, yeah, I swear I didn't take it. Yeah, do you have any proof? Swear I didn't take it. Right. Which is ridiculous, and we'll get more into that at whatever point John Jones decides to get his crap together. That's not what I want to talk about today, though. I want to talk about the fact that a year later, we have only the second person to ever hold two UFC championships simultaneously, and he's the second man to do it after Conor McGregor. Correct. And he does it in the two biggest divisions in the UFC. For all you want to talk about Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor may be the biggest fighter in the UFC, but historically, the heavyweight and light heavyweight divisions have been the biggest divisions in the UFC, and he was able to conquer both of them and hold both titles at the same time. And so I will say right out on, on the gate, I agree with what the rankings did this week, but I wanted to get your take. They have moved Demetrius Johnson to two, putting Daniel Cormier 
as the pound for pound, pound for pound greatest fighter in the UFC right now. Yeah, pound for pound best. Daniel Cormier is at the top. DJ's now number two. I don't know, man. It's always tough with these. It's it's always tough in these divisions when you kind of got the lower lower weight guys. It's kind of easier to figure out. Okay, this guy's probably a better fighter here and there. But after you see what DC did, it's kind of hard to make an argument against it. But again, is he the best pound for pound fighter? I don't know. I mean, DJ's been immaculate, basically. I mean, he's not, he's been that dude that's always slides up and down until he fights again. And I expect he's going to fight again and slide back up because we're we're victims of the now a lot of times in these rankings. We are victims of the now. Here's how I would argue away from people doing that who are still ranking. Um, is beating Henry Cejudo again is not the same as beating Stipe Miocic, which at the time he was the undisputed most successful heavyweight champion in UFC history. Yes. Right? So the, and I think, the knock against DJ has always been the people he's been fighting. Well, and I mean, even at the, you don't even have to say at the time with Stipe. I mean, he's still been the most successful UFC champion 100%, we've but had I guess in the I was, heavyweight I was division. Give, I was giving you a tastemaker, right? Like, Stipe is the most successful heavyweight champion in UFC history. DJ, the knock against him has always been the people he's been fighting. And I would say... My guess is the fact that he turned down, for whatever reason, turned down the TJ fight sort of made this an easier decision for people to see. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, and he and that and that is not unfair when we go to pound for pound. I've I've always Which said either one of us can say apparently. <laughs> so I, I've I've always said DJ does not owe it to anybody to go up to bantamweight. He does not. No, but. When we start having pound-for-pound discussions, you saw a guy in Daniel Cormier who literally went through two divisions. That's why I I had such uh, a hard time with uh, uh, anybody who wanted to put somebody ahead of Conor McGregor for so long. I'm like, how do you, how do you even do that? The guy's been bouncing around three divisions. Sure. And th- I mean, even if he loses in some of those divisions, if he has an amazing performance at 170... And then he's winning the titles at 155 and 145. It's tough to it's tough to make that argument that DJ is a better pound for pound guy. I would think, especially when you're given an opportunity, where, which he had. Uh, TJ wasn't the was he the champion yes. when he was offered the fight? That's why we've got. That's why we. And this is why again, I'm not going to put the supposition on the people who are on the voting members of this panel. But I, I am because they're idiots. Well, what I would say is. That's why you have this convoluted mess on that pay-per-view that you had. You have Cody Garbrandt versus TJ for no reason in particular. Right. And you have DJ versus Henry Cejudo for no reason in particular because they couldn't actually get those two guys to fight. Which which is where the UFC needs to be moving some of these guys at this point. And again, nobody in either of these divisions needs to be told you have to fight outside your division. But I think when you're in these two divisions, and obviously bantamweight's a little bit different, uh, but I mean, there's still not a ton of draw at the top of that division. There's not a ton there. You got Garbrandt, you got Cruz still kind of poking around in there. That's about it. DJ's cleared out flyweight. So when you start to look at divisions like that, super fights make a lot more sense than TJ Dillashaw fighting the top five again, or DJ fighting the top five again. And we do that and we have them co-headline pay-per-views with people that can actually draw rather than maybe trying to put a super fight together. I think that makes the most sense. And that's probably why bringing it all the way back, we see Daniel Cormier at the top of that pound for pound list at this point. And, and I would say Saturday night, 
Um, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you would know that last year my favorite story in all of MMA was Michael Bisping winning the title, right? Because 10 years of grinding it out in the UFC wins the title. I love that sort of stuff. Saturday night was the same thing for me. Here's a guy who's been dealing with the shadow of a guy who can't get his life together, and yet... We still don't give him his comeuppance at one at light heavyweight. Right, goes up to heavyweight and dismantles. Well, what were the odds? You, I mean, you you told me I didn't realize the odds. I was really, I guess it was insane. I'm not trying like, to do 2020 like, hindsight, like but plus 500, plus six for DC. I think so. Hang yeah, on. you told me something because you looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, is everybody really this far off? I love Stipe, and I thought it was going to be a good fight. And yeah, I thought Stipe would probably win, but I certainly saw many options for DC to win. And I just remember those odds being so far off. And yeah, he's getting older, but at some point, you know, you got to give credit to the fact that he was the Grand Prix champion at heavyweight. He's beaten everybody he's been in there against other than John Jones. And yeah, Stipe has been very impressive. Still may be the most impressive heavyweight championship uh, we've seen in years in the UFC just because of the way that division works. But I, I really thought a lot of people were counting DC out, and that only added probably to the celebration and the reaction we saw on Saturday night at UFC 226. The odds ended on Saturday night before the fight started at minus 250 for Stipe and plus 195 for Daniel. So that's that's not too bad, but there were some crazier odds. There were, but they. This I just want to give context as how it ended up. But I would, yeah, I would think I would think that you'd have like minus 150 plus 150, but. But, I mean, people thought Stipe was going to win, and people are still waiting for DC to get old. We're already we're already hearing that talk, even though he's going to be fighting a guy the same age when he ends up actually fighting next. And winning. And winning. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. Well, I mean, what else is there to talk? There's Look, we can talk about Nate Diaz yelling on Instagram about how he can fight both of these guys. We could talk about Brendan Schaub <laughs> and Dana White fighting. We could talk about uh, UFC Boise this weekend, if that's what you want to do. But everybody wants to talk about Brock Lesnar coming back. Okay, so here's what happened in the cage, obviously, after UFC 226. We're going to go to Joe Rogan, who's talking to Daniel Cormier, and go through basically what happened after the fight. UFC 226, Daniel Cormier inside the octagon. Joe, I am 39 years old. (laughs) And I've been second a lot of times. But today, I finally accomplished everything. From crying in this very same octagon last year, almost a year to the day, to becoming the UFC heavyweight champion. Joe, it is the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. Now, Joe, let me get this microphone for a second. Joe does not look happy to give up that mic. Hey, listen to DC. Listen to DC. There's a guy that I've known for a long time. He's a wrestler. He's an All-American. He's a former UFC champion. I never thought I would fight him. But Brock Lesnar, get your ass in here. Now listen to this crowd. Brock's walking right in. Big push right there. <laughs> <laughs> pushes Brock back. 
So I love this part, too, because if you're watching the video, and I'm sure anybody who's listening to us at this yes. point has seen the video, I love that as Daniel Cormier is getting pushed, you see the biggest smile on his face. Oh, he has never wanted to be in a WWE angle more than he did on Saturday night. That's not even it. I'm seeing the Scrooge McDuck dollar sign <laughs> eyes. He knows he's about to make money, man. This is a money fight. Which, as an aside, guys, UFC 226 didn't do that great. No. At all. No. So It did okay. It did okay, but it didn't do... like. For all that we said last week, and we were right about a lot of things, the thing we were not right about is there was not a lot of people interested in this fight, according to pay-per-view well, I mean, we buys. we were like at six or seven, right? Low six. Low not six? even close to seven right now. That's, I mean, that's a pretty good pay-per-view. The problem is UFC has been used to two or three or four times a year having Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, uh, maybe DC John Jones pop a million. Yeah, let, so let me, for some context... It's a decent number, but it's not a decent number in the year that they've had. They've had an awful year. But this that's is, no, that's exactly why it's a decent number, though. They needed it to be better, is my point. They wanted it to be better because of the awful year, but because of the awful year, I think it's a real good number. Okay. Let I me, understand what you're saying. I, I just want to reset. I want you I'm, to listen, though. I'm listening. What I'm saying is <laughs> when you put a super fight between the light heavyweight and heavyweight champions... They expected better. It didn't do that. So what I'm saying is, you're absolutely right. Everybody in that ring is seeing Scrooge McDuck dollar signs because this didn't do it. Right. See, this, I think this did really well. I mean, even low sixes. I, I, this wasn't going to do a million. Neither of these guys separately, and I love DC, and I like Stipe. Neither of these guys is drawn in the way that even bringing them together is going to draw a million pay-per-views. Did you, what were you thinking this was going to grab? I thought it was going to grab seven. So low six is a little low, but not surprising to me. Okay, so um, what did you think? Though? What did I think? I, I thought it was going to do closer to eight because okay. that's what I think they needed to do in order to be good. Now I don't have an official number, but SB Nation is reporting under four hundred thousand. That would surprise me, and I would say that's very bad. But is that just that doesn't seem right? If it's under four hundred thousand, then it's that's not a good sign for the UFC. Because I'll tell you what, as far as uh, my viewing went on this card, uh, I told you they were going to get my money. They got my money. I didn't get home until halfway through the UFC card, and I want to see the main event. I'm paid for the event. I did the same thing. And so here, let, let me, Dave Meltzer is reporting. The expectations going in, this would be the biggest show of the year so far. So he and I on the same page. But most preliminary PP, PPV estimates have the show doing a little under 400,000 buys. That's interesting. That would be very low then. I thought they were in the low sixes. But that number, again, to show what a bad year they are, would be the most fiscally uh, uh, successful but, pay-per-view of the year. And that's the thing. And, and maybe, you know, sometimes you need to reset. Sometimes you need to reset your expectations. You can't expect that's, I mean, we've talked about this. Eric and I have worked together in some capacity or another for almost 20 years now. Yes. And, and in whatever capacity that's been and. We've always talked about momentum, and when you lose it, you have to rebuild it. And I'm not trying to make excuses for this fight or this event, but do you think, kind of 2020 hindsight, maybe it was crazy for anybody to think that, oh, well, we could just pop another 750 or a million here because we've got a fight people wanted for a long time. There's you, no, You haven't had the promotional machine. You haven't had the momentum in a year. And one would argue they didn't really do a great job of promoting this. I didn't get served. Other I than, didn't think so either. Other than us doing what we do for sport. Right. 
I didn't see anything about this. No, this was not the mainstream uh, fight week, watch this card kind of card, and everybody's going to be talking about it. Did you go to the bar to watch UFC? And that's why, that's why what happened at the end of 226 happened. There's a lot of people pissed about it happening. They're playing to the masses, people. Yeah. They don't give a shit about Eric. They don't give a shit about me. They don't probably give a shit about you if you're listening to this show because they're not playing to you. But what they're playing to is that mass appeal audience that tunes in for Ronda, that tunes in for Connor, that tunes in for John Jones. And they're going to get that when Brock is back in the cage in, in January. January. So let me. So Saturday night, my brother got married. And so I was in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And, and Eric skipped that wedding to see I Brock. Lesnar return. Skip, skip the wedding that started at midnight. No, I'm kidding. Um, I ended up at a place literally called The Bar in okay. Green Bay, Wisconsin. They're not very creative in Wisconsin. However, when I walked into this place, I had started at a Buffalo Wild Wings that had a whole bunch of stuff on the screens, baseball, soccer, volleyball, whatever. No UFC. We don't do UFC here. Go down the street. Okay, fine. I walk into this place. The only thing on the screen is the UFC. Okay. So I'm sitting with fight fans. And when Brock came out, you would have thought, and I said this to you and I'll say this here, you would have thought that Aaron Rodgers paid for the bar's tab that night, What the noise that came out of that bar. Right. So they need these moments so that you can have your moments. Right. When, when Demetrius Johnson throws a dude up in the air and arm bars him in the middle of the air and gets eight pay-per-view buys, mm -hmm. we all love that for the sport of it. We need the Brock Lesnar DC fight to pay for that. Okay, so here is Brock in the cage after the oh, melee. Boy, we're going to do this. The, okay. Oh, yeah, we are. Here we go. What does this all mean to you, Brock? Let me tell you something. I walked into this building and watched the heavyweight disasters from the beginning. McDonald's a piece of s***. Miocic's a piece of s***. And he throws the mic and the camera breaks and the crowd goes insane. Dana White. That's one of my favorite parts too. Get Dana White will pay for microphones all day for the reaction that this crowd gives him when that goes on. Well, and remember, 20 minutes before this moment happens oh. in the cage... You have the number one contender in Francis Naganu fighting Derek Lewis in a fight that was worse than CM Punk and Mike Jackson. <laughs> I'm not, this is not hyperbole. There were more strikes thrown in the CM Punk Mike Jackson fight than were thrown in the Naganu Lewis fight. And so you cannot, you cannot put either one of those guys in a title fight against DC. It cannot happen. No, neither so of those you, guys. If you're yelling about why is Brock Lesnar there, those two idiots have to do their job. Right. And, and it seems like Dana White's not happy at all with Francis Ngannou. He said after the fight that the Alistair win went to his head and that he just hasn't been focused the way he should be. Uh, he seemed pretty high on Derek Lewis, even though Derek Lewis was kind of low on himself. Um, Derek apparently had a lot of back issues in camp, and he's oh, been he, dealing with those for a long time. If you don't know, so what happens, and this this might be why Derek Lewis ends up leaving fighting before he kind of hits his thing, is he has these really, really bad back issues. And so if he can't finish these fights in the first round, his back gets worse and worse yeah. and worse. Yeah. And so by the time you get to the third round, he's got nothing left. So that makes Nagano's performance even worse because you've got a guy who, while Derek Lewis can still knock you out, he's almost 
almost immobile yeah. in round three. Yeah, there was no movement there, and it was kind of funny, too, because I was watching this, and I, I, I kind of looked over at my wife, because the, the announcers beforehand, we get the two heavyweights are coming in promo package. I think Eric and I and you all listening have seen this script a million times. This one's not going the distance. Somebody's going to sleep. There's going to be a knockout. I'm like, oh, shit. They, who knew they meant the audience? Right, exactly. <laughs> and I will tell you what. I don't know, Eric. I mean, we had that we had that weird fight before that split decision fight. I mean, the what was that Paul Felder lost to uh, Mike Perry? Oh man, did you see that fight or no? Yeah, I did. I only saw the tail end. I saw like the last two. So you rounds. didn't see him break his arm in, with an elbow strike? No, I found. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, that was actually broken, but he finished the fight still. Yeah. Um. So I'm watching that fight, and I didn't realize that had happened. So that was that didn't look like a great fight. So if obviously you, the last two rounds, if you watched the whole thing, I think you were in for a pound and for a penny, right? Like you were like, "This is right. This guy has one arm. Mike Perry is insane and changed camps." Like the whole story, I think, was way better than I, I get why. Because I jumped in late. I get last round to Derek Lewis. I totally. Well, so get it. last round of this, I'm like, "Oh Jesus, a split decision thing. This is kind of this is kind of weird." All right, at least we're gonna get like boom, boom, boom. Let's see what happens. I aged 37 years during the Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou <laughs> fight. I am now an 86-year-old man after watching that fight. When I'm on my deathbed and they want to put something on the television to keep me occupied, put this fight on because every day is going to feel like a week. <laughs> That's what I want at yes. the end of my life, to yeah. stretch it out because this was a damn horrible. It was, it was awful. And Ngannou went on Instagram to explain, like, that he was still he still showed fear from the Stipe fight. Look, whatever, dude. You so this might be unfair, and I will preface it by saying this: you were moved up to the co-main event to fill the void of one of the best fights in the UFC right now between Max Holloway and Brian Ortega. Max couldn't come in because of concussion syndrome, you know, concussion protocol, which is fine. Let's protect his health. Yes. However, you get elevated to fill that space. Mm-hmm. You have this is the part, and I know half the audience hates when we go here. The other half is all in on this. This is the entertainment part of sports entertainment. No, this doesn't need to be the WWE, but you asked people for seventy dollars to watch this, so you actually have to fight. And in a heavy, I I cannot remember Ken in a heavyweight fight when Herb Dean had to tell them to fight. Oh yeah, in a heavyweight fight. Hey, I don't know if you knew this. It's not a sparring session, gents. Let's fight. Yeah, and especially if you're Francis Ngannou and you're coming off that loss to Stipe, you want to have a great performance. Here's here's the interesting thing, and here's the thing that I don't know if it's going to shut down the talk a little bit. Um, in fact, it's not going to shut it down at all. It's going to add fuel to the fire. But I, I was going to say, I don't know if it stops the fact that we're going to see Daniel Cormier versus Brock Lesnar, but let's look at this fight in one, a different way and look at it in regards to the night and the way you've set it up. They're a co-main event, Eric. They are in there right before the championship fight in their weight division, the heavyweight division. Francis Ngannou goes in there and does what we saw him do against Alistair Overeem. Daniel Cormier wins. Francis Ngannou go, I just knocked out the, one of the top contenders in the division. I want to I knock out Daniel Cormier next. You can set that all up if you go in there and perform. And, you know, after hearing what Dana White had to say afterwards, it's almost even more frustrating. It wasn't a lack of talent. It's a lack of respect 
for his opponent and respect for the division and a, a little bit of a lack of will on Francis Ngannou's part. And it's very frustrating to see that at the top of a UFC card. When you're ostensibly fighting, they put you on the card right there for a reason because their other two guys are fighting for the title. And whoever loses is going to need an opponent. And that could be you. Yep. But you can't go in there and slink your way to a win. Shit, man, as soon as you walked out and you see Brock Lesnar sitting in the front row, what are you thinking if you're Derek Lewis or Francis Ngannou? There's my shot. I have to get past him, right? Like, I have to right. be— Right. You, you could challenge him. Because well, you... who knows who's going to win the main event? Right. You could challenge Brock. Like, Brock, you're the piece of shit. Get in this cage now. <laughs> but you can't do that after nope. uh, 30, 27, 29, 28. <laughs> 29, 20, and I'm not taking a thing away from Derek Lewis. I think Derek Lewis did what he can in this division, uh, but although Francis Ngannou is a big disappointment at this point. Yeah, and although ranking-wise, I, I don't agree with this at all. They have Stipe as one. I agree with that one. Derek at two, Blades at three, Nagano at four, Volkov at five, and Overeem at six. I'm not kidding when I tell you that Lewis and Nagano should be five and six at least after that performance. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't actually care. It's, but... But if you're trying to build this to be legit, as they've been trying to since right. they started it, you cannot have Derek Lewis as the number two number two contender in heavyweight after that. Yeah, so I mean that that's that's the thing that got really frustrating in the, in this fight is that they see that Brock's sitting there, they know something's happening. Uh, we all, you know, my 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 favorite part of the night was when I sent you that text because I got in late. I'm like Brock's there, and we go back last week. Said Brock does not show up. Nope. For the hell of it. Like, oh, you know, I'm going to take in some fights tonight and enjoy my evening in Vegas. Dude lives in a cave, for Christ's sake. Yep. If he comes out, he's coming out for food, women, and money. I love that you have him as literally like a caveman groundhog. He's like, uh, coming out for food, women, and money. Not necessarily in that order. I nope. don't know which. So, you see that. You see these guys put on the performance. You see Nganu because there were so many times where Ngannou should have been able to move in and probably finish that fight. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad he lost. I'm glad he lost fighting like that. I don't even know if he was necessarily the better fighter, but he wasn't winning rounds. No, and he absolutely should have lost that fight, and he, and he did. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how the, the underbelly of the heavyweight division kind of flushes out at this point, because... How long does Lewis need to recover his back? Because it's not like either one of those guys are hurt. You could probably. Well, Yoel just... Romero wants to move up. Where do you put him in the division? Oh, I would put Yoel Romero in the mix immediately. Just for fun? Well, I mean, he's been literally fighting for the title almost for three straight years. The dude goes right to three or four, right? Okay. You want to put, like, if Yoel wants to move up, it's Yoel Curtis Blades. Let's do that. All right. Yoel and Curtis Blades. Why isn't Yoel in the rankings here? Where is he? Did he, he officially move up? move up? He wants to move up to... No, no, he's not going to move to heavy. He wants DC at light, doesn't he? Oh, I thought you said he was moving up to heavy. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I'm getting confused because he was... Well, him and DC, if you haven't noticed, they've been going back and forth on Twitter. Yep. Uh, so he wants to come... I'm sorry, he wants to come up to light to fight DC. I don't think... Do you think... Okay, let's start no. getting... Let's start breaking this down. Nope. DC's never coming back down? No. No. What would be... The, first of all, what would be the purpose... Look, Connor has paved the way for this, dude. You just hang out long enough and go, oh, you know, I took some damage in the fight. Doctor say six months without, right? Like, which right. Was, which puts me at January. And it's clearly Brock Lesnar, so no, I can't. Right. And then, like I told you last week, you already have your interim champion, which they'll do immediately, with um, Ozemir and uh, Gustafsson. 
right? In August. I really wish they would at least make that a four man deal if they're if they if that's what they end up doing. That's not official. That's Eric, not official. Eric is the one who believes that's what's going to happen. I believe that's why they did it, and that's what will happen, right? Um, but he's not going to go back down because number one, like you said, it's Scrooge McDuck dollars. Number two, everybody at the top of that division is aged or not as great as DC. Yeah. There's, there's name somebody in the heavyweight division that you think could rival DC. There's nobody right now. Right. There's no I mean, here's the guy who can. I think Stipe is going to reset himself. He's a young enough dude. He's going to be back. And I think what we're going to see is a maybe a rematch at some point. I okay. don't know. Um I think the biggest thing is the weight. He still looked really good at the weight and by looking good I mean fighting obviously, not not how he looked physically, whatever. He said he had some back issues, and he was really relieved during camp that he wasn't trying to cut. Yes. And and that's why he, he he's like, look, I didn't look how I wanted to in this heavyweight fight, but I had back issues, and I had so much room because I don't have to do the weight cut the same way or at all that he could basically kind of keep working around it and keep up in camp and not worry about the weight cut at the end. So never coming back to light heavy. No. I mean, no. Th- so think about it. You're an aging predator. Mm-hmm. Do you do you really want to go? I nearly killed myself for four years getting down to 205 because my best friend was a heavyweight. My best friend's now gone. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I can he's now, ranked number three. I can now. No, I'm kidding. He's not ranked at all. <laughs> These rankings um, are moving in front of me. Uh, you know, I can now make real money versus Brock Lesnar. I can then, if I beat Brock Lesnar, and let's say I beat. Pick one, mm-hmm. Blades or Lewis, since it's two and three. He beats Brock. He beats one of those guys. Then we get Stipe, and let's say Stipe wins. D- you know, DC's now 40 at that point. I don't think we're going to get that far with DC. I do, really don't. I think we're going to see Brock. I know he wanted to retire in March. He may take one more fight after that, simply because he's going to make a lot of money with Brock. If he's able to... Okay, so, not to extrapolate out too much... I think Brock could be cause some troubles for DC. If they get in the ground and Brock's on top, it'll be trouble. But other than that, I don't see I don't see it happening. But see, here's the thing. I think Daniel Cormier is one of the best inside wrestling guys in the division. I said that before. Yes. Stipe. But I think Brock is one of those guys where you don't want to necessarily be wrestling inside. He's big, he's powerful, and I don't want to extrapolate a ton out of a couple pushes. But even DC said I should have pushed him harder because he pushed me hard and I pushed him. I go, what? Didn't I push him hard enough? So he's a strong guy. Yeah. So DC gets in with their, their, I mean, he can dirty box a lot better than Brock. But once you're that close to dirty box, I think Brock's going to drop you on your ass. And then DC's going to have to work from the ground. And that's a bad spot. That is a bad spot. And, and we're getting ahead of ourselves, obviously, because this is January. I oh. guess all, all I would say is every human being who has laid hands on John Jones will tell you he's one of the strongest humans they've ever fought. DC has fought with him a lot. Yeah. He has fought with Kane who dismantled Brock Lesnar a lot. So I, I just don't know that Brock's going to have anything that's going to surprise anyone. And DC's been... And DC said it. Everybody's strong. Yes. And DC has been the underdog at heavyweight his entire career. He's tinier. He weighs less. Right? Like, he's yes. had to scrap the whole time. And he had no issues being much smaller than Stipe on Saturday night. Much no, smaller and in a, not in the greatest shape. He no. even admits it. He wasn't in the greatest shape. So it, this will be interesting to talk about further down the road. Well, I, I'm um, talking about it now because we have to talk about it to kind of figure out these next fights. So you're saying it's Stipe, I, DC, and March? Is that what you're saying? I think it's, yes. Okay. Not not necessarily March. He might give it another month or two. Whatever. I, I don't think DC... The last fight will be, it'll be Stipe, Brock Stipe is what you're saying. 
Yes, the Stipe already happening, obviously. Correct. Because yeah. I don't think DC is going to take any more fights against the... I don't care if Curtis Blades goes in and kills whoever he's fighting next. I don't know who that's supposed to be. It, it, the, let's just for some reason say, uh, and uh, this is obviously, I'm going to just, I'm going to reach here just because I'm making a point and not actually talking about the fights because I don't know who Curtis, let's say they set up Curtis and Stipe, like immediately, like, ah, oh, Stipe, I got to get back in there. I want to fight Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades, yeah, I want to fight the former champ. Curtis Blades annihilates Stipe. I don't think, it, none, again, none of this is going to happen. He's still not getting that fight with DC. That's not a big enough fight for DC to take. Right. DC's going to, there's, there's three men on the planet you'll still get in the cage with DC. Brock in January, okay. possible rematch with Stipe, and God knows what happens with John Jones. And okay. that third one is not likely, but it's the only actual possibility. I'm telling you that right now. I'm with you. I don't think that third one's happening. I'm just saying those are the only options to even discuss. Don't discuss anybody else because the dude's too old and too smart, and he's looking for paydays, which he should be. He's given his life to this sport. At this point. And yeah, he's got a nice post-fight career set up. He's going to be one of yep. the best announcers we, we, we're we going to have out there. But he's going to get paid. He's not here to help somebody make a name at this point. So we've got Ultimate Fight Night uh, 133 this weekend, which I will touch on in a moment for just a second. But I want to ask one more question about this because you would know more than anybody out there. So the rumors leading up to Saturday night was that as part of Brock's deal, he has a one-off UFC fight he's allowed to do. This is clearly that one. Right. Is that same concession going the other way? Because we know that DC has talked about how much he loves professional wrestling. Is he going to show up in WWE? See, that's the big thing. Nobody's really talked about it a lot. I don't know if that's... He's never been the Ronda Rousey crossover kind of guy. No, but I'm talking but like, does he show up at WrestleMania, right? Like something... I think you're going to see... Well, there's, there's, there's a couple things playing in his favor now. He's been the undisputed light heavyweight champion now for a while. And I do say undisputed simply because nobody's beat him. Yep. Jones is gone. No contest. Sorry. He defended the belt. He did what he had to do. He's now the undisputed UFC heavyweight champion. That's going to... Uh, one thing about the WWE, if you don't pay attention, there's, there's a lot of talk about how Vince McMahon lives in his world of WWE. He doesn't pay a lot of attention to what's happening outside of it. Obviously, he knows about UFC. He and Dana have been friendly, according to uh, what's happened on occasion. Sure, um, clearly. And they're making deals back and forth, yes, for guys like Brock. I do think that... Vince is very insulated, but something that can kind of help chip through that is like, this is the UFC heavyweight champion. He knows Brock was the UFC heavyweight champion in his time away. I think that's something where uh, DC with what happened in the cage with the face to face with Brock would play very well into him. If he wanted that option one day to do either a Ronda Rousey deal or maybe just come in and do something at WrestleMania. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Let's not forget, DC's been at WrestleMania the past two or three years. Right, in the front row. In the crowd. No, yeah. not oh, in no, the front row. No, that's right, he was in the crowd. He was in the crowd. Because like Triple H was mad, right? Right, like Triple H, and that's the thing. Triple H is like the guy who's, who's going to take this company over, essentially. He's married to Vince's daughter, blah, blah, blah. reason I bring that up, he's the guy that brought Ronda Rousey in. He's the guy that saw that coming. Yes. He's the guy that's not as insulated as Vince. So he's the guy who will go, that's the UFC heavyweight champion. And him and Brock just got it, are, are fighting in January. I want them back in WrestleMania. And who knows? And maybe that's why DC's always said, March, I'm retired. March, I'm retired. WrestleMania is April 7, 2019. Yep. That is not necessarily a day, if you're an MMA fan, you don't want circled on the calendar because some interesting things could be happening. All right, so this weekend we'll touch on this real quickly. You've got 
uh, JDS, Junior Dos Santos, taking on Ivanov on uh, Ultimate Fight Night 133. Um, a couple other interesting fights on this card. Sage Northcutt is back against uh, Zach Otto. And then buried on this card is Chad Mendez against Miles Jury, which is fascinating. Kat Zingano um, is busy for the first time in a Our buddy de- Paul Cicchini is going to be very excited about Miles Jury here's, being on the card. Here's interesting, though. There's some interesting stories here, right? Kat Zingano has multiple fights for the first time in a decade, taking on uh, Marianne Renault. So some fun fights this weekend if you're looking for fights, but nothing. Where's that one at? Uh, that is... Fight Pass? FS1? Uh, no, uh, FS1. Do I got to pay $5 for it? FS1 plus $5. Um, That's going to be very interesting very yeah. soon. So there you go. Uh, also, I w- want to end on this tweet because I thought this was the funniest thing when the numbers started to come out about the pay-per-views this past weekend mm-hmm. from at uh, Naked Gambling. He's a super snarky MMA guy. He said, I think the UFC pay-per-view business is at a point where they're going to need to consider an increase in the pay-per-view prices. A lot harder to convince 400,000 people to spend $70 when it is to convince 70 people to spend $400,000. This is now for the Uber rich. <laughs> Dana White should call up those Saudi Arabian guys that right. fought the greatest Royal Rumble. Yes. And remember, we haven't been back since the Ferrari stadium, stadium thing. thing. Yeah, where uh, was that? Uh, that was Damian Silva and Silva. Crawling on the ground the yep. whole time. Yeah. Which and, is probably why we haven't been back. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. As always, you can uh, follow along with the results this weekend at Wow Show on Twitter and Facebook. It is your MMA show. I am Eric Hulkren, and that is Ken Evans.